You are listening to the sixth and final episode of Unwelcome Visitor, Pandemic in the UK's Playground, a podcast series taking a look at the events of the past 12 months. Each week, we speak to a variety of guests and look at what life in lockdown has been like for those living in Devon and Cornwall. This week, we'll be looking at how COVID affected the tourism industry, speaking to B&B owners, tourism experts, and those who run their own businesses to find out more about their experiences during this turbulent time. During the summer of 2020, restrictions had been eased and many in Cornwall were seeing a tourism boom. Meet Johnny McFadden. He is the landlord of the Star Inn in St Just and came up with a creative way of ensuring that customers socially distanced when ordering at the bar. Yes, well, social distancing, everybody enters my bar, they try to get, get served here, which is right in the doorway. I've had to take the floor off, so to keep people away from here, I didn't know what to do. So I put an electric fence. We're in a rural community, everybody knows what an electric fence is. It keeps the sheep away and it keeps the people away. It's working, everybody keeps away. So far, it's tickety-boo. So did Cornwall really experience a tourism boom in the summer months in 2020? I'm Malcolm Bell, I'm Chief Executive of Visit Cornwall. That first sort of month of March and April was really a lot of panic and a lot of worry. Um, probably after April and May and June, it was more about planning. And then, of course, we had the hold your breath on the 4th of July, and particularly amongst the local population. I think the thing then is July and August went really well. I mean, we're probably still about 10% down on a normal year because of reduced occupancy. I know it didn't feel that way for local people, especially, and lots of local people were able to get out on the beaches. So the beaches were incredibly busy. Uh, September uh, went really well. That's probably up and probably was starting to make ground then, maybe clawed back. 100, 150 million pounds of the losses and the same in October helped to claw back. During this time, for some locals, it felt like Cornwall had never been busier. But Malcolm makes it clear that tourists in a whole complied with COVID regulations and kept rates low. So summing up this year, compared with my colleagues around the country, uh, particularly those in the north and those in the cities, they would be envious of Cornwall's um, performance. I'm actually relieved and delighted that all the way through July, August and September, we had over 2 million visitors. The infection rate did not go up. That was probably because of two or three factors. One was actually visitors on the whole and locals were very good at, at maintaining um, the rules. I know there were, there were people that didn't and that was easily condemned by us as well. But out of 2 million people, the vast majority did. Secondly, it was mainly outdoors and good weather, which the virus doesn't like. I think thirdly, a lot of our visitors do come from the suburbs and we're not a cheap destination. So many people were coming from low infection rates, even if they might have been in a region with higher infection rates. So we were lucky and that sort of maintained through. The other thing we've got to learn from this year is there is an issue about numbers and capacity in Cornwall. We need a viable, vibrant, prosperous visitor economy, but we also need to protect the environment and protect their communities. So we need to get that balance right moving forward and, and 2020 can be the trigger point for getting that right for the next decade. Malcolm has a clear message for anyone who resisted welcoming visitors during the summer months last year. No other area had as many tourists as a ratio of population as Cornwall. So the industry can do it. These are local businesses. I know you're worried. I know you're concerned. 
but please don't fixate on visitors. Fixate on sticking to the rules is what I'd say to everybody who uses those things. Not Don't worry about the visitor. Worry about the person from Camel and Red Roo's getting too close or coughing. Over the past 12 months, Devon and Cornwall has experienced highs and lows within the tourism industry. Alistair runs Haven House B&B in Torquay and is eager to get back to business. Oh, really good, yeah. It's going to be lovely to have a, a bit of life back in the place and, um, and um, you know, get back into a, a routine again. Yeah, that'll be nice. You know, it's, um, it's a sort of job where you, you don't see other people, so you're, 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 the people you see are your guests, you know, the colleagues. Normal job, you're nine to five, you've got your work colleagues and different people, whereas the ones that we see are our guests, so they're our, our colleagues and our friends and our customers. Without the guests, it's, it's very empty. <laughs> it's very, you're, you're missing not just the financial side, but the um, company side and, and all that. During the April and May months, Torquay would normally be bustling with holidaymakers. But Alistair says that there were some positives to lockdown, as the town became unusually quiet. On the one hand, it's, it's been really quiet, and um, during the lockdown, I saw a deer at the um, top of the road walking around. Um, we've heard owls at night. Um, you know, nature's sort of had a, a big comeback, and it would be nice if that could have lasted longer. We did more, more about that. We've done lots of cycling and walking, and um, and, uh, and that's been positive. During the long months of lockdown. It wasn't just the tourism industry that missed out on trade. The wedding industry took a colossal hit, as weddings were cancelled, postponed or downsized. I'm Amy, uh, I'm from Robin Manor. We're a, a wedding venue, an events venue in Exeter. We mainly do weddings, but certainly not exclusively weddings. We do corporate events, uh, exhibitions, meetings, charity events, all sorts really. But the majority of what we do um, is, is the wedding side of things. Amy also spoke about how the pandemic affected her personally and the business as a whole. It's been tough. It's been really, really tough. And I think the realisation of what we were faced with in March 2020 was hugely concerning. And since then, um, it's just been challenge after challenge, trying to find our way through what felt almost impossible, really. I feel we've been at the bottom of the pile, if I'm honest. Um, I can completely appreciate, you know, the difficulties that this this whole pandemic has presented um, and we can fully appreciate why we've had to, you know, be very, very cautious. But I think uh, it's been very, very difficult trying to plan anything um, as a venue um, and also for our couples to try and plan anything when the guidance really is so vague and changes from week to week without even any warning. Um, as it did last year. It, it was horrendous trying to keep up with the different rules that were changing by the week. It's been really traumatic. And I think the difficulty has been that at every step of the way, we have had no idea what was going to happen. And we had some weddings back in the summer that were planning for a wedding for 30, because that's all that was able to be to happen at the time. And then four or five days before their wedding, an announcement came out to say, actually, no, it's not 30 anymore, it's it's 15. And, you know, suddenly they've got to get rid of 15 guests. And in actual fact, what we did most in most cases, we actually brought the wedding forward. 
and did it for them a few days early so they got to have their, their 30 guests. Amy highlighted the frustration within the wedding industry as rules changed dramatically over the duration of the pandemic. To give you an idea, we, we're in the region of 90% down on turnover in the year, which for any company is, is tough, to, <laughs> tough to get through. As I said, luckily, luckily we were in a, a pretty good position. Our reserves have, have, ta- have brought us through this and you know taken us through. But um, and we've obviously obviously had some support in terms of the government schemes, which has been greatly appreciated. But ultimately, we've had a lost year. And by the time we actually get back to doing things properly in June, we would have had 15 months without trading properly, and and that's that's really really hard. It's been incredibly emotional. It's been a very lengthy period. Obviously, since last March, it's we've been sort of thrown into this nightmare that none of us were imagining, as everybody has, you know, in any every walk of life, um, and in all industries. But you know, our, our couples who have been so looking forward to this big day, and it's not just about the party. I think you know, lots of people think, oh, it's just the party, it's just a celebration. It's really not. It's about marriage. And, you know, marriage is an incredibly important life event. And it takes months of planning. It's And it's just been heartbreaking to see brides and grooms left with no other choice but to postpone their wedding to a later date. And the distress and emotional lows that that brings to couples is, is really very real. Um, so we wanted to do all we could to support them to postpone their wedding. We needed to be that support to our couples. And if we're crumbling, then, you know, that's not going to help them at all. I think also we were we were positive that there was going to be an end. We just had to get to that end. You know, we knew we'd be able to go get through it. Luckily, our, our company was in a good position before all this. So we felt confident that we'd be OK Um especially once once we found out about furlough and we had that support, which was obviously fantastic. Um, but we, we just wanted to be there for our couples and just try our best to remain positive. And part of that was our uh, sort of um, during the summertime, we opened up the venue for people to come and have overnight stays and have dinner, which we've never, ever done. But we were unable to do weddings in any kind of meaningful way. The numbers were so restricted that we just thought, well, we're not going to sit here doing nothing, just waiting for the government to tell us what we what we can do and when we can open properly. So we just opened as a hotel all over the summer and it was brilliant. It gave the team something to focus on. It meant our chefs didn't have to be sat at home on furlough. They could come in and they loved being in, our event managers, our housekeepers. And it was great actually keeping all of the team going because it's actually really hard for them too you know, when when the job that, as they know it, sort of, you know, wasn't happening, wasn't there. Through the darkness of lockdown emerged some new and exciting businesses as people used their newfound free time to develop more creative passions. Hello, my name is Ashley Westell and I co-own Dyad Imaging. Hi, I'm Rob Nankerville and I'm the creative half of Dyad Imaging. <laughs> Ashley and Rob were both working at Plymouth Pavilion before lockdown restrictions forced the venue to close temporarily in March 2020. During this time, Rob was made redundant and Ashley was furloughed, leaving the pair wondering what to do next. Now the couple have kick-started their own property photography company. 
We kind of struggled for a little while, didn't we? I'm used to being in a very customer-facing role. I like working with people. I had a fantastic team at the Ice Rink, which I was um, a duty manager of, and still am. Um, and I really missed being busy. And I know for you... Photography has always been supplementary. Well, I'll say it's always been part of my income stream. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, obviously lockdown changed where the other income streams were coming from. And, uh, yeah, we sat down in a chat, didn't we? Yeah. And, uh, you know, forced into a situation, uh, put our heads together and put our, you know, I, I, I've, obviously I've known Ash for a long time. I know her strengths are in administrative, getting things done, let's put it that way. That's the way I'm putting it. Micromanaging, should we call it? I, 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 yeah, I was saying bossy. <laughs> Get, getting things done. And, uh, yeah, I mean, just pulled our resources, didn't we? Think, what, what if? And then it, it sprang from there, really. Yeah, I knew it had always been a passion of Rob's to be a full-time photographer. He'd wanted it for so long. And it seemed like our chance to get something going. And we know from pavilions that we work so well together. So we thought, why not? Let's give it a shot. Rob has always had a passion for photography. And the couple were able to use lockdown as a catalyst to starting their dream career. I, I had done a little bit of um, residential photography in the past. Uh, obviously, when, you know, when, when you work in a, a creative field, uh, you try and diversify and keep yourself current and because you, you learn different things from different aspects of, of what you're doing. Yeah, we saw the market was taking off, didn't we? Yeah, it was, when it reopened. Whenever so many um, avenues were closed, the property market seems to be really flourishing. So we got looking at that. And then it was really a case of got together, thought, could we do this? Is this something that we want to do? Kind of... Went all over, you know, did what everybody does, Google. Went on Google, saw what was happening, see how to get into it, and just did a lot of research, a lot of contacting people. And then, you know, then we actually started doing it in practice and building and building techniques and new ways of doing things, finding out what estate agents really wanted from us. And, yeah, it just slowly grew. There's a lot of late nights putting a business plan together as well. Lots of late all nights. The, all the boring things you've got to do. Yeah. You've got to, you know the ground get the groundwork so yes. as much as the idea yeah. but then start building a platform to, to rest that idea on. Mm -hmm. While some businesses were still able to thrive during lockdown others were forced to close their doors. I'm Lisa Clark and I'm the owner of Moo Music Plymouth. We have a cafe on Motley Plain aimed at under fives and from there we deliver music and movement sessions for babies, toddlers and their caregivers. We also deliver our sessions in other venues across the city and we do or did, pre-COVID anyway, we also delivered them in nurseries and in preschools. Speaking to us in February this year, Lisa told us how she had initially closed her business due to lockdown restrictions in March 2020. Moo Music has been affected massively by lockdown, where do I even begin? We uh, closed initially on the 17th of March a little over a year after we opened the cafe on August 25th. We closed again for the November lockdown. And as it stands now, uh, in mid-February, we've been closed for two months, but we hope to open on April the 12th. The initial lockdown was, at the time, horrifying. There was a lot of uncertainty, a lot of fear, and I had absolutely no idea what to do, but um, I quickly just had to pull my big girl pants on and work out a way to pivot the business to make it survive. So we started recording sessions 
and posting them online, initially on Facebook and later on YouTube. We expanded our retail offering to offer more sensory toys, uh, more merchandise, and we started stocking a popular kids' clothing brand. We developed a recent website and an online shop to sell them from. During the summer months, Lisa was able to adapt her business to comply with lockdown regulations. Things gradually started to ease and you could visit people in their garden. So we took Maggie Moo on the road, who is our six foot pink cow mascot, and that went down a storm. She defined the summer for us, actually. The visits, the Maggie Moo visits were a lot of fun. We were singing and dancing in the pouring rain one day and we could be in 28 degree blazing sunshine the next. It was wonderful to see the customers again. Um, when we eventually could reopen, we had to do it with very limited numbers, um, which you know, obviously meant we had to increase our prices to make it viable. And I was very worried about that. Um, but actually, our customers didn't bat an eyelid. Nobody seemed to mind. And actually, what we found was that the overall customer experience was enhanced by the reduced capacity. Despite the easing of lockdown restrictions being on the horizon, Lisa is still worried about the future of her business. So when I look back on all of it, it was really tough and it still is actually. I'm by no means out of the woods yet. Um, I had begun looking seriously at expanding when COVID hit, um, but actually I'll spend the next few years trying to rebuild and plug the, plug the hole that I've been left with. Um, but you've got to consider the positives. I managed to pivot the business and innovate quickly and effectively. And as a result, I'm a far better businesswoman now than I was a year ago. As regulations began to ease, Lisa found herself getting increasingly frustrated that her business had to remain closed. I have been quite vocal about the detrimental impact of the lockdowns on the mental health of new parents. Our sector was one of the last to reopen after the first lockdown and that frustrated me hugely. I knew that new parents were really struggling. There had been no perinatal classes running for months and parents hadn't had the opportunity to meet other parents. The fact that pubs were opening before baby groups was the wrong thing to do, in my opinion. I accidentally became a bit of a campaigner at that time because I felt I was in a position of responsibility um, and I'm not a charity or in the public sector. So I didn't have to cut through a load of red tape to sort of be allowed to shout my mouth off. So I wrote to all three Plymouth MPs expressing my fears that there is a postnatal mental health disaster brewing in our country. And I shouted about it to any media outlet that would listen. And I still believe that. I think we won't quite become fully aware of it until things start, and start to return to what you know normal. Um, but I can see it. I can see it in the messages our families send us, and I can see it in the eyes of new mums who were able to visit the cafe when we briefly uh, reopened at the end of last year. So I've had to think this time quite hard about how I can support people from afar. Um, I didn't want to continuously be posting you know, tired old memes on Facebook or inspirational quotes that don't actually help, don't mean anything on our Facebook. So I've tried to give people practical tips on how just to keep themselves afloat for a little while longer. As COVID restrictions begin to ease and the UK population looks forward to plans for the summer, B&B owners have been busy preparing to reopen their doors to customers from across the country. I'm Mel, Mel Brand. Mal runs Red Home, a B&B in Torbay, and has been blown away by the support of her customers and those looking to book holiday. Well, we moved here in 2020 
2013 and we took a year to renovate, so we start business 2014. We're not actually opening on um, next week because we're squeezing in a little grandchild visit. But, um, we're going to open the week after, but I've had so many inquiries. We're literally full up for the rest of the month. And as for sort of June, July, August, we're pretty much 80% taken. People are booking for longer. So whereas we would have had maybe two nights, people are extending for three, four, even five nights now. People have obviously are desperate to get away, which is literally it. Mel has been busy making sure that the B&B is COVID compliant and is excited to be welcoming back customers. So we're just going to put in place everything that we put in place for COVID last time. So obviously the hand sanitizer situation, we still aren't putting literature and frilly cushions back in rooms. Social distancing, obviously, we're going to stick with. And just obviously the only change we've got now is that we need the names and details of every member of the party, not just the lead booker. So we're going to try and encourage people to use um, track and trace scanning a lot more. Yeah, other than that, literally, we've got our good-to-go stuff that was um, given to us for our last big opening last June when we opened. So li- we're literally we're, we're sticking to that, uh, as we did before. I think most of the B&Bs did quite well around here for, for abiding by the um, guidance. Mel is eager to highlight that as a business owner, she is passionate about prioritising her customers, even during difficult times. I mean, at the end of the day, if I take a booking and I say to somebody, well, well, I've not been taking deposits anyway because we lost out a lot of money when we first went into lockdown, almost to the point of, not bankruptcy, but because we had to return deposits. Because um, people on Booking.com, they expect, yeah, I just want my money back. Whereas my, my regular guests were like, yeah, keep that deposit pencil me in next time. So by people coming direct, I think they feel they do have that extra reassurance. Firstly, that they're getting the best rate anyway. Secondly, all their questions can be answered straight away by the owner, not just somebody on a front desk. But here, it's like, I, I, if I tell you something, then they know that I'm telling the right thing because it's my business, it's my house. During lockdown, Mal has missed seeing her customers, who she says are more like family just built up such a good rapport with our guests. I mean, people love coming to Torquay and they love coming back to the same place. So they're quite happy. I mean, we've been running for sort of eight into our ninth year. So our guests are kind of like family and, and they just trust if they're coming to stay with Mel and Paul, then they're not going to be out of pocket. If, some, if anything happens, we'd always refund them or just if like I've been getting some cancellations still, I think because people's second vaccines have gone beyond the date that they hope to come. So they're putting off their stay. And they know I'm not going to charge them anything because they've spoken to me direct and they know that. It's not just us at the Red Home. Lots of B&B owners are like family to these people, good friends and family. And they, they don't feel like they're coming away to stay on holiday. They do feel like they're coming to visit a friend or a family and just having days out. And Torquay is actually full of, of businesses like that. It's like they build new hotels and who knows with the new palace up the road at Babacan. They're no threat to the little hotelier, the little B&B, because we give so much more. Honestly, we, we love to see them all. And, and we've, we've seen so many returning people, even last year, and so we're waiting to see them again. The only, the only people we kind of miss are our continental travellers. We had a lot of returning Germans. have been for two years now, firstly because of Brexit. That's the only uh, impact I think we've had during Brexit and COVID, the big hole in the budget. But then the Brits filled it, because equally the Brits can't go abroad either. So it's win-win, it really is. Mal has been keeping busy during lockdown, making sure that the B&B is well looked after. No, I mean, it's nice that we've had some family time. 
but we've just literally every day has been sort of maintenance or just getting ready, refurb, new roofs, silly things like that. But um, obviously budget allowing, we can't spend too much money because we haven't had the income for you know, the balance because guests are going to expect, they're very quickly going to return to normal and they're going to expect good standards straight away. I've got to do a whole heap of dusting. I've been putting it off and putting it off and I've got sort of two weeks left now, so no. Going to have all the high-level dusting and a bit of a clean, but no, nothing major, because everything was in place for July last year. You have been listening to the final episode of Unwelcome Visitor, Pandemic in the UK's Playground. You can listen back to all episodes, download or stream through your favourite podcast provider. If you have a story to tell, get in touch via our Devon Live, Plymouth Live or Cornwall Live Facebook pages.